Hello there. Uh, this is uh, me again. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to talk a bit about, you know, like that brand that I decided to help and give a hand um, under the pandemic and the current situation. You know, like we, we all know that, you know, like the retail has uh, been probably hit the hardest. Um, and uh, under those circumstances, I actually approached a brand that I quite enjoyed and quite appreciate. Um, that I discovered uh, during the holiday past last season, and their their company is called Nine PM. Uh, you can find them at ninepmclothing.com. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I love the philosophy that they've got. You know, like the nine PM means that you know, like even at nine PM, you're still giving your hundred percent, and you know, like you're pushing yourself. Um, past the limits um their, their their clothing is quite comfortable where you can wear them and they're durable so you can wear them both while doing your training as and you know like they're nice enough and they're nice they're there's they're so nice that you can actually wear them on a date or going out with friends and so yeah i mean like they actually you know I, reached back when I when I approached them and they gave me um, a discount for for our listeners. The discount is actually 5K Run 25. So 5 capital K, capital R, capital U, capital N, 25. And uh, yeah, I encourage you to go take a look at their, you know, like the, the whole collection, you know, like they got nice stuff for both men and women. Uh, so it's 9pmclothing.com. 9pmclothing.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like it's a local company. These guys are super, super nice. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, like they, they need to be put back on, you know, kind of on a map. And um, this is my way of me giving back to, you know, like the local economy. And I didn't know how to approach this. And I usually don't have sponsors, but, uh, and this is not really a sponsor, it's really like me reaching out and helping one specific company and I, you know, I can, I, and I quite appreciate their collection and their, you know, and their clothing. So it's, I repeat one last time it's 9 p.m. clothing.com 9 p.m. C-L-O-T-H-I-N-G.com. And the, the, the rebate, the code that you can punch in when you check out is 5k run 25. So all in capital, 5-K-R-U-N-25. Um, yeah, today it's actually Amber. Amber has lost over 90 plus, maybe 95% of her eyesight. Um, it was such a nice story of resiliency and and just uh, courage. And I especially like the fact that she decided not to be, um, not to um leverage or use the label of you know like um of our of our blindness or or the fact that you know like she has a she can't see actually you know like she she you know like she she's you know medically blind um but she doesn't want to use that label to have excuses and that has given me such you know like um such a lesson because it's easy to actually you know like give yourself that you know that excuse that you have this or that but not her, you know, and it was, um, yeah, it was quite an interesting and, and inspiring conversation that I had with Hamber. So without further ado, here's Hamber. Enjoy. Amber, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? 
I'm doing fantastic. Where are you located? I am in California. <laughs> you, you, and so you were just telling me prior to recording that you're in Louisiana right now? Yeah. So I typically live in and work in California, in San Francisco, actually. Um, but whenever we went to shelter in place due to the coronavirus, I came home to visit my family in South Louisiana. And I've been here for about two months, but I'll probably head back to San Francisco um, here within the next couple of weeks or so. But it's been a, it's been a great time being home. And so how's the weather and how's the situation in terms of pandemic handling in, in, in where you're uh, confined right now? Yeah, totally. So the weather is warm, which I love. San Francisco can be a bit chilly at times. It does. Even though it's in California. Um, but, you know, it's very warm here. But I think what I love the most about being home is just the love and the time that I get to spend with my family. So um, I've been sheltering in place with my family and I, I, I've really been enjoying it. <laughs> awesome. So as I do every week, you know, like the, I pretty much, you know, like let my guests um, kind of, you know, like open their life story book and, and tell me where do we start that? You know, like where, where, from what point do we rewind that tape of your life story, Amber? Absolutely. So let's go ahead. I'm 28 years old now. Let's go ahead and rewind it about 25 years or so. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Awesome. Let's start at three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I, I'm actually a twin, believe it or not. I have a twin brother. And, uh, you know, when we were little kids, my parents noticed that I wasn't really responding to visual cues in the same way as my twin brother was. So um, they took me to the doctor and after a lot of appointments and poking and prodding, um, they came to find out that I had a degenerative eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Do me a favor and don't ask me to spell it. <laughs> because even after all these years, I still can't manage to spell that thing. But, uh, you know, I, I lost about 90% of my eyesight growing up. And I faced a lot of adversity, a lot of challenges, as you can imagine. And I believe, sure. yeah, I believe through that experience, you know, I really have learned a special ability of how to overcome obstacles and really just um, thrive in the midst of great adversity. So I can remember a lot of times of depression, sadness, anger, loneliness, feeling like an outsider, um, just anger, feeling like, why me? Why do we have to deal with this? No one else I know has this. Um, I, I want to be quote unquote normal. And so I remember those feelings, but now, Looking back, I've, as I've gained this wisdom and this knowledge, I can see the beautiful journey that it's been and how I can use these skills to inspire people all over the world to live a life that they love, no matter what circumstance they may face. So if I, if I, if I keep the, you know, like if I keep the tape at three years old, my guess is when, when are your first memories of um consciousness you know like that you know like what 
how old are you when you 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 know like if you if you think back about you you realizing that you're losing your eyesight and at what level were you already when when you 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 take it back to to that place yeah i re i remember all the doctor's appointments and i remember you know as a little kid the doctors doing all the tests and then turning to my parents and giving them the news um and i didn't really understand you know what that news was what they were trying to communicate but i knew it wasn't good and um so i would experience things like being able to see a certain thing or read a certain font and then um you know a few months down the road not being able to do that exact same thing even in in elementary school you know one year being able to read the the textbooks as a little kid or the you know the resources in the classroom and then coming back you know, one year later and not being able to, to even see it at all. So I remember the gradual shifts and, um, you know, just the way that things started to unfold and unravel as they did. So I, you know, like just for the sake of, you know, like my own sake and, and my, our listeners yeah. sake, let's say at, at, at your first year of school, mm -hmm. you were at what, like 50% of, 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 you know, like, yeah, if I could equity, you know, like just, just for, you know, like just to give myself an idea of, you know, like what, what we're talking about in terms of, you know, like, cause you said progressive and, you know, like it seems more aggressive than progressive. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I would say it, it was probably, you know, probably about, it was a slow decline, you know? So so probably just even like 10% every year or so, you know, it was very, okay. it was a very, very slow progression, but looking back, <laughs> looking back on what I could, you know, remembering what I could see and how, how my vision, my eyesight is now, um, I can see the major, you know, impact that it's had. I'm like, wow, I used to be able to read books, like actual print books and I can't even do that at all right now. Um, so yeah. things like that. So a, a, a small progressions over time that led to a, a bigger impact now where I only have between five and 7% of my visual field left over when I used to have, you know, way more than that. <laughs> and, and yeah. And at, at the same time, so, so you have, so you have all those memories at the same time of colors, um, of objects, um, you know, you have like a, I would say like a brain imprint of what they look like. Yeah. You have a, you, you have references of stuff, mm -hmm. which people that are, that are born visually, completely visually impaired don't have those references. That's right. So I, you know, I'm very grateful. I, I live a life of gratitude. So I am very grateful for the memories that I have and, and how I was able to adapt and really um, grow into this because I can imagine losing all of my eyesight at one time and just the impact that would have had on my functionality as a person with a visual impairment. So um, you know, really coming to find that appreciation of the, the eyesight I had and that the progression was slow and it allowed me 
as a kid, it's so much kids are way more adaptable than adults. So as a kid, being able to adapt to those slow, um, you know, progressions really, really helped me because as an adult, losing all of my eyesight at one time might have been a lot more challenging. And and so um, just just so you give me a family picture, you, you talked about both your parents and your your your, tw your twin brother. Um, who else was in the family? Was there anyone else? You know, like what was the family picture like? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. So I had a twin brother and then a, a mom and a dad who were married. So um, we were the only two, you know, only two kids. Um, so a small but pretty stereotypical middle-class American family. How did your brother, uh, Endel, um, kind of, you know, like, cause you know, like we've, we've seen that where, um, you know, like one of the sibling is getting a lot of the attention and, you know, like in terms of your, your, what was your dynamic with your, with your brother? My brother was, um, was very helpful, you know, as helpful as he could be with certain things. But, you know, as far as attention goes, my parents never really had uh, an issue with having to split their attention or their time, most likely because there were two of them. If, if it would have been a single parent situation, it might have been a little more challenging. So if my mom had to work with me, because she had to work with me a lot longer on homework and stuff, as you can imagine, than she did with my brother. So my dad would spend time with my brother and my mom would spend time with me or vice versa. So it was definitely easier. I can imagine having a child with a disability that the parents are unfamiliar with as um, a single parent would would be challenging. But my brother was helpful and he never felt like, you know, he didn't get enough attention. In a lot of ways, I think he had a lot of compassion for, for what I was going through. And in terms of, you know, like the school, um, And, you know, like, I won't ask how old you are. Oh, you said 28, but, you know, like, um, our resources available for, um, you know, like for, for, for someone that, you know, like that has that condition, you know, like, the, you know, like, I, you know, like I'm 45 and I know for a fact that, you know, like the school weren't, you know, like weren't equipped with, you know, like any, any, it, it was probably black or white, you know, like you were either considered blind and go to a blind school or, or, you know, like, or you, you, you weren't blind and you were, you go to regular school, you know, like how, how, how did the school adapt to, to your condition? Mm, really good question. So, you know, in the school district that I went to and generally all across America, parents have the option of either sending their kid, uh, you know, if they have a, a child with a visual impairment, They can either go to a school specifically for the blind, so their state has a school for the blind, or they can send their, their child to a mainstream school, just a regular school, and, um, and seek services there, which that was the option that my parents took because the, the decline was, was so slow and gradual. It's like, in the beginning, I didn't need to go to a school for the blind because technically I wasn't blind. I just needed reading glasses, you know? So I started off yep. in regular school and that's what I kept doing. And there are resources. I had special books. Um, I had a special teacher who would help me, you know, as I was going along and teach me 
the different skills that I needed to be able to function in the classroom. So I, I got pretty good resources. Now, that is not necessarily the case in every school district in America. There are, you know, some special circumstances where, where parents have to fight a lot harder to get services for their children. But generally speaking, there are great services available and it, it gets better as time goes on. And of course, there's still lots of work to be done, but um, I've, I've done some work in the blindness field in, in many other countries. And I would have to say that we are we are lucky here, although not perfect. I We are pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. Would you say that um, it has helped you? The fact that you you kept going to a regular school, yeah, or it was a uh, yeah. I would say it helped me because we don't live in a world full of blind people. So going to a blind school, you know, wouldn't have taught me the social skills and also the skills of perseverance and uh, courage that I use today to, to thrive as a blind person in a sighted world. So I can go to a bar, I can go to a party, I can introduce myself in new social circles, I can move wherever I'd like to with the confidence because I have learned from a young age how to be blind and interact as a blind person in a sighted world. And that those are the tools that you gain um, when you don't section yourself off or, you know, provide that that avenue of being completely isolated into that type. Now, there are certain circumstances where that is a great idea. Um, but in most cases, I recommend parents to work hard so their students can have the services they need in the mainstream school system. And at the same time, <clears throat> I was asking the question because people tend to say that kids are mean, right? You know, like the, this is an age where, um, you know, like it, it's tough love. It is, you know, like it is tough to, um, you know, like to, to, um, to be part of, to, to, you know, like to, to, to be, uh, integrated into groups and, and all, how did you cope with that? How did you deal with that? Yeah. I experienced a lot of situations, a lot of, uh, seasons of loneliness and isolation and even some depression and anxiety that creeped up as a result of that. Um, but you know, what, what I learned was, you know, the, the skills that I have where I have a very well-developed personality now, of course, I'm a professional speaker and a people person. I'm also a coach. But at that time, I think what was developing on the inside of me as I experienced those seasons of loneliness, because kids, I mean, kids in school, they don't want to play with the kid with a disability. You know, they don't want to sit at the lunch table with the kid who has a dis the only kid in school who has a disability, you know, they feel apprehensive about that. They're not sure. And um, so what was developing on the inside of me was that character of strength and perseverance that I now have and I can use to my advantage as I go through life. So although a different, a difficult season, <laughs> uh, challenging, hard, I, I feel very blessed and grateful for the knowledge and wisdom that I've gained. And at the same time, it it almost creates a kind of you know like a t a thicker skin, mm -hmm. definitely of yours. You know, yeah, I would agree. Did it make you kind of the 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 tough girl and you know like the um, 
you can't tell me shit. I'm good. You know, like no, I wouldn't describe my personality in that way. Um, but what what happens? You know, who I am as a person now is very self aware, and I think the people in this world that love others well, the people in this world who show up as their most authentic selves are the ones who are self-aware. And so I know who I am. I know what I like and what I don't like. I know how to spend time by myself and how to spend time with others. So I have that self-awareness built up. And I really believe strongly, because this is why I push self-awareness so much in my speeches and in my coaching, but because I am self-aware, I can love others well in the context of relationships and in the context of the way I show up in life. So it's not necessarily a tough shell, but it really is um, the clarity and the self-awareness to know who I am and how I choose to show up. And so elementary school, I guess, you know, like you finish elementary school, you'd say you were at um, what level, you know, like, so I count 10% each year. I mean, like it's 60%. So my guess is, yeah, um, it's, it's, very, it's, it's really yeah. hard to say. I know you're, 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 I think you're mentioned you were a tech guy, so you're probably more numbers based. Um, but I, <laughs> it's really, it's hard to call it. I never, it was never really tracked or measured in that way. I know what I have now. Um, and I just, I really have, I mean, I would probably have to go back into like medical records and calculate, but um, it was just a slow progression. I would say it stabled out probably around 10 years ago or so, um, maybe around 18, 19, 20, 21. Would you say, um, so would you say that by high school, your, your vision was almost gone? Yeah, probably by high school, I was I was um, in a similar place I am now. I do remember having slightly more vision in high school than I do now, but I would imagine I was pretty close to to my visual field and acuity now. So probably um, probably around that eighty percent mark for sure. And and in terms of you know like handling the puberty, teenagers years you know like all of that you know what was that that ride like oh the teenage years were definitely the hardest um the most the most depression i've ever felt in my life the most loneliness the most amount of confusion anger um it, it was very very difficult because being a teenager is hard itself but when you add on yep. a gradual decline of uh one of your senses, which is a disability, and not knowing anyone else who has that disability, being the only one in your family, the only one in you know school, that it was it was the most challenging time period of my life. I would say. Um, did you you know like so? Did you move on on keeping regular high school or yeah. or you, you yeah okay, and so you had. My guess is that, you know, you must have had access to many resources yeah, to help. Definitely. You. I had, I had great resources from the school, the school system. Mm -hmm. And so are you, are you encouraged or, or kind of, um, 
told were you told to to learn braille and learn the sign uh, not the sign language but braille and you know like all yeah i learned braille when i was 18 and then i learned how to use a cane um when i was 16 and then i got a seeing eye dog probably around the age of 24 so really picked up these skills as time went on mm -hmm. And um, in terms of, you know, like the making friends, socializing and all that, you know, like how was that? It was challenging in high school. But as I, uh, you know, college and beyond was so much easier. And, you know, now I'm a very social person um, and have tons of friends. But really, I think high school was challenging because it was hard to navigate that that uh, realm of, of disability and independence. It was a hard thing to learn how to navigate. But after I got out of high school, you know, and started exploring the world on my own, I figured out who I was. I figured out how to do things. I learned how to be independent. I learned how to be confident as a person with a disability. And I just practiced. I wanted to be social. I wanted a life where I had lots of friends and events to go to and I, where I wasn't afraid to uh, show up as my most authentic self. So really, I was committed to practicing these skills and eventually think, you know, the more steps you take in a journey, the easier the journey gets. So that's exactly what happened in my case. And, you know, like uh, you talked about you know, like the depression and kind of a, you know, like a darkness moment mm -hmm. that you went through in your teenage years. How do you, how would you describe and how would you say, um, are the steps to get out of that? You know, like that, 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 that feeling and that, you know, like that, cause you know, like there's a lot of almost self-inflicted damage, you know, <laughs> you know, like in terms of, you know, like hitting yourself on the head on Jesus, why me and why, why that situation and um uh, what would you say is the you know like how would you describe that process of kind of um taking over and you know like making making this a better place i just this i you know finally figured out hey this is not going away so i can either decide to overcome this and move forward with my life or i can stay back and I, my personality and the, what I wanted in life was to move forward. So, you know, slowly but surely, I started to dig myself out of that pit of depression and um, negative self-talk and just put one foot in front of the other and really day by day moving forward and deciding that I'm not going to let this hold me down or hold me back. Um, it was small steps. You know, I used to be afraid to walk into a restaurant alone because I, you know, for fear I wouldn't be able to find the counter or the table or that I'd knock something over. So how do you overcome fear? You do what scares you. So every day, you know, I did something that was uncomfortable, something that was scary and it was challenging and hard, but it was worth it because each step I took, um, with each step I took the journey then got easier. In my family, there was, um, my brother, sister, and ma mother that, um, had the, uh, muscular dystrophy. Mm -hmm. Um, there are, you know, like there are a lot of people close to me that, you know, like that, that are in some shape or form. I, you know, like I'm, I'm using the word different, but I, I don't like it, but you, you, I, I hope you, you, you know what mm -hmm. I mean when I say that, um, 
the question I have is, you know, is this a quest to um, reach normal or is this a, a, a quest to reach your own self in that quote unquote normal world? Do, do you understand the question I have? What because you know, like, seeking, you know, like, what we are seeking as what I encourage people to seek, whether you have a disability or not is alignment between your physical realm. So what's happening both on the inside and the outside of you. So alignment between that and who you know yourself to be. So who I know myself to be right now in this moment is not just blind. Yeah, I'm blind. That's not going to go away. But also I'm bold, courageous, energetic, intelligent, personable. So whenever I'm faced with a situation or a tough circumstance and I'm not showing up as that person who I just who I just described, there is not alignment between what's happening in my physical realm and who I know myself to be. So that's when we have to decide, okay, am I going to move forward with who I know myself to be or am I going to hold myself back? So I encourage people, know your truth, know who you are, what you stand for, and make the subtle shifts to align your physical realm with who you know yourself to be. Mm. Wow. that's. um that's that's big you know like because you know like you, you see a lot of people trying to run after the you know like the the um, you, you know like kind of the mainstream you know like you know like everyone you know, like I'm, I'm i'm you know like i'm in my in my siblings case it was you know like more of the physical abilities right you know like so if they can't run as fast or they can't you know like there's always kind of um trying to find ways to compensate to look like if you didn't have that that disability and you know like so there seems to be a, a clear cut difference between either accepting um i don't know if it's accepting but you know like embracing what you you know like what you are as you described it and and running after um people not 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 seeing that you do have those you know those shortcomings or or because I, I and and then you know like i i feel like you know like i'm i'm i don't want to call those shortcomings because you know like that's obviously kind of the opposite you made out of it you know like that you know like you you, you made it um you, you made it something kind of uh, almost like an ability now you know like of of you, 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 you got that condition, but you, you made the best out of it. You know, like, so it's, uh, there seems to be a clear difference between the two. There's, there are kind of two camps on this. Right. You're either, you're either aligning yourself with who, who you know yourself to be, or you are going to hold yourself back living a story, living a lie and not in alignment with who you're created to be. So it's just, it's up to that person. Which, which one do you choose? Are you going to choose to um, declare the truth about yourself and then make those subtle shifts to be in alignment with your truth? Or are you going to continue to live in darkness, in the story, in the lies that you're making up about yourself? You, when you finished high school, what was your um, kind of your, you, what did you see as a path uh, for, for your future, you know, like where did you, um, 
you know, like in what career did you want it to go? Yeah. So, um, so right after high school, what I did was I went to a blindness training program for adults where you got to learn different skills um, that you needed to really live a successful and independent life as a person who was blind. So I did that for, you know, about nine, 10 months. And then after that, I got my bachelor's and master's degrees in health and nutrition. Um, so started doing a lot of health programming and health coaching. And now I'm a professional speaker and coach. So really using all these stories and lessons that we've been discussing here to inspire others, people with and without disabilities to live a life that they love and to do that with boldness and courage, no matter what circumstance they face. So I do that through speaking on stages and one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have coaching clients who I work with on a one-on-one -on -one basis and um, I pump them up. I cheer them on. I encourage them. And, um, you know, I, I give them the tough talking to's that they need in order to, to step fully into the life that, that they love, no matter what they're going through. So, um, the methodology I use is, is very powerful. It's simple. It's effective. And it comes from all of the wisdom that I've gained over the past, the past, uh, decade. <laughs> How how did the transition go from health, fitness, and you know, like um, kind of the food, you know, like and diet thing, to personal coaching and 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 just public speaking? Well, I I started off as a health coach, and really, it doesn't really matter what you coach. A coach, all coaches pretty do pretty much do similar things. Um, they, they, they get people from inspiration to transformation. And so whether that is, you know, losing 50 pounds or if that's losing 50 stories or 50 lies that you've been believing about yourself um, over the past 50 years. So really, most coaches are doing the same thing. And so people have come to me. Um, I have clients who I'm helping them transition out of their nine to five job into their the life of their dreams. And I'm also helping them to live a healthier lifestyle. They all go hand in hand. So I'm very grateful for my health background um, because it, it allows me to be a coach where I can help people in their entire life spectrum. Like it doesn't matter what they're going through or what season they're in. I have the skills and the tools um, to really serve and support them best in any season. So the transition was seamless. I have always known that I wanted to inspire others with my story and speaking on stages and coaching people is the best way to do that. And so um, it just, it started off with me just answering the call and being committed and consistent to this dream I had in my heart. And so every day, every single day, no matter how I feel or if it's raining or shining, uh, literally or figuratively, I am committed to being consistent and showing up as the professional speaker and coach that, um, that I know myself to be. And in terms of um, the public speaking piece, mm -hmm. uh, was it something that you wanted to do or was yeah. something that was actually asked to you uh, because of the how inspiring you were 
to some of your clients? I mean, it's both. I want to speak on stages. I want to use this story that I have and this, like every single hard day that I've had, I want it to go to, um, to me using those stories to inspire others. My story, my experiences, my past, this wisdom that I've gained is not going to go to waste. And my truth needs to be heard. It needs to be heard all around the world because what I've got to share is what can change hearts and what can transform, um, you know, this generation as we know it from people who are living in stories and in lies to people who are living in truth, freedom and purpose. And that's where you see a generation shift to being bold world changers. So, yeah, it's something that that I desire, but because of my commitment and my consistency, people see that and they want it. And, um, and, and that's where things start to align and happen. And, um, what was, you know, like, what is the feedback you're getting? You know, like what's the most, um, you know, like what's the, you know, like what's the common denominator of, you know, like the feedback you're getting from people that, you know, like that sits and and, and listens to you. The common denominator is that people describe me as a shot of espresso. They say every time if I'm listening to, um, you know, if I'm listening to your Instagram video, if I'm listening to your Facebook, if I see your talk on stage, um, people that I work with on a one-on-one coaching level, they all say the same thing. No, no matter how they hear me or experience me, they leave energized, they leave ready, they leave focused, they're inspired to take action and to really take the next bold step in their life so that they can become in alignment with who they know themselves to be. So they leave my presence feeling energized, focused, and ready. How do you handle, you know, like you said, you know, like no matter what day and, you know, like, and we've all gone through those days that, you know, like we wake up and we just feel like shit, you know, let's say it, <laughs> you know, like what, you know, like how do you, um, how do you handle those? You know, like how do you, yeah, how do you manage those? It's all about breaking free from the story. So when you're living in a story of, I can't do this, I'm not in the mood, I don't feel like it, you identify that and you break free. And that's why it's so important to have a coach and to have someone in your corner who can say, you know what, you're not, you're not in alignment right now with, with who you know yourself to be. You told me that you wanted to be bold and courageous, but you know, I invite you to take a look and to see is what's happening right now in alignment with who you know yourself to be. I've seen you be bold. I've seen you be courageous. I know you can do this. So what shifts do we need to make as a team? Because we are a team. You're not on your own. If I'm your coach, we are a team. This is about us. So what subtle shifts do we need to work to make so that you can be walking in alignment with who you know yourself to be? So it's all about alignment. That's uh, you know, like that. That's that's really, you know, like that. That's not unique, you know, like the 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 fact to find someone that can actually kick your ass, you know, like you're finding this in fitness coaches, you're finding this in, you know, like the the even in the in the fraternity of, uh, you know, like anything anonymous, you know, like where where I'm kind of reborn in, um, 
And I say that not in a religious or spiritual way, just in the fact that, you know, like 15 years ago, I was in therapy and, you know, like ended up um, learning how to live pretty much, you know, like from those fraternities. Um, and, you know, like they encourage you to find a sponsor, you know, like where that guy is going to be or that that girl is going to be remembering all of the good the, the good things you said about yourself and, you know, like reminding you when you feel down or, you know, like kind of the opposite way of, 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 of that, you know, like, so, um, so yeah, sometimes, you know, like we tend to forget that, but, you know, like finding someone that just, um, shakes you off and, you know, like just gets you back on track is, is so important and crucial yeah. to development and, you know, like, if, if, you know, like just evolution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, where you know like where does that lend you like what's your what's your what's your what's your future like you know like how do you see yourself you know like in a few years you know like what's the you know like do you have any plan do you go kind of uh in a in a free spirit way so i encourage everyone to live a life according to their purpose so my purpose is to transform leaders into bold world changers. So it doesn't matter what I'm doing to do that. You know, if I'm, you know, recording an episode on a podcast, if I'm speaking in front of thousands of people at, at conferences and events, if I'm coaching 20 one-on-one -on -one clients at once, um, you know, as long as I am living a life according to my purpose, then that's what I'm going to do. So that could look a lot of different ways. But what I do is I say yes to my purpose and I keep myself focused on what that is. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm in alignment with who I know myself to be. And that's what I'm going to do. Well, Amber, you, you, you just got me in, you know, like in that espresso shot, you know, like, sure. it, you know, like that your story is quite inspiring. You know, like they, they, it's, it's funny because, you know, like I read, you know, like your short bio and, you know, I like was telling my wife that, you know, like I was super um, excited to actually sit and, and, and discuss with you and talk with you just for the fact of, you know, like the, the, um, the situation you overcame, you know, like the, the, the um, this is, you know, like a major obstacle that, you know, like you, like you said, you know, like you, you, there's, there's almost like a mourning process to go through. Um, and, and then you, you, you go, you know, like you, you, you almost get reborn out of that, you know, like a, where, you know, like you're a new person yeah. and, um, and I'm, I, I, I love hearing about that new person and, you know, like you, you, you inspired me and, you know, like, I'm pretty sure you're, you're going to inspire a lot of my listeners. And, yeah. um, I thank you for that. Yeah, Amber, really. absolutely. I'm so glad to, um, be having this conversation. Thank you for inviting me on your show and, you know, for your listeners, if any of this really sparked something in you, I would love to hear about that. So please feel, you know, I would be honored to hear um, a voice message from you on social media, Facebook or Instagram. Um, you know, you can book a call with me, but really just would love to inspire as many people as I can. So please reach out. My name is Amber Kiera, A-M-B-E-R-K-I-E-R-R-A. -R -R -A, and I would just love to hear from you guys. 
And so just for, for the sake of our listeners, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website's a great place to start. It's amberkiera.com, A-M-B-E-R-K-I-E-R-R-A.com. And you can actually book a free 30-minute connection call with me. Um, you can also send me a text or voice message on um, a Facebook or Instagram. It's just my name. Amber, Kiara, and uh, I also have a free Facebook group where I provide daily encouragement and inspiration. So just find me on Facebook or Instagram or through my website, and um, I'll I'll hook you up with all that stuff. But really just want to hear from you, hear what's on your heart, hear hear how I can support, cheer you on, and serve you through this season. Phenomenal. Thanks a lot, Amber, for your time. You know, like it, it was a it was a privilege and a pleasure to talk with you. Um, it was just you know like just great. You know, like I I you know like I I spent great time and you know like it was it was um, it was just awesome. You know, like I <laughs> I have no words. You know, like I'm I'm you know like there are so many um, like I said. You know, like my my you know like most part of my close family, you know, I had, uh, <laughs> physical challenges that, you know, like I, you know, like in retrospect, like my guess is that, um, instead of embracing it, they've, they've chased the, let's call it normalcy or whatever, you know, like they, they chase, you know, like being, you know, like, um, and I, I guess, you know, like it was more of, um, it was more of an handicap than anything to do that. Yeah. Um, and you and you did just the opposite, which is like fuck it, you know. Like I'm, I'm, you know, like this is my situation, and you know, like I'm gonna make the best of it. And you know, like it, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. This was a fun conversation. Awesome. Have a good. Uh, hang on, you know, like that that confinement and pandemic stuff is about. Uh, it's about to be over. So let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, hope, hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, yeah, please keep me posted on everything. I'm excited to share this episode with everyone. And um, I think it's going to be great. Awesome. Thank you, Amber. Mm-hmm. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>